Those of you who are longtime listeners already know that the core return on investment of the AI and industry podcast here is about helping our listeners, or the kind of business and government leaders, open up the capability space of AI in their minds and better understand where AI might help them reach their goals, what it might take to get there, and what the return on investment could be. Constantly seeing the cutting edge and getting a sense of what's possible, what's working, what are the important trends, that's what we do here. And if there's any sort of broad capability that essentially all companies do, all organizations do, maybe outside of the government, is sell. Everybody sells. You have to convince someone to give you money, convince someone to get into a partnership or get into a deal. Sales is a big part of any sort of B2B firm. And I know we have a lot of B2B companies who are tuned in on the show on a regular basis just from polling our audience. We speak this week with Micha Breakstone, who is the co-founder of a company called Chorus.ai. Uh, Micha previously got a PhD in cognitive sciences at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, studied for a few years at MIT as well, and was working on NLP at Intel before spinning off his own company. He speaks with us this week about where AI is being applied to sales. How can we better train salespeople, better find the patterns that lead to closing a deal, better find the patterns that lead to securing that next appointment or securing maybe a bigger contract? How can we coax that out of existing sales data, looking at what people say, how they say it, looking at things we can manually label, and also just looking at transcripts that AI can do kind of in real time. So how can that data be used together to make sales teams more effective? And I can say from my own experience, experience here that this is a nascent domain. This is not necessarily brand new, let's say this week. Uh, certainly we've heard about companies in the sales enablement space, the sales process space for the last couple of years, but it's not a space where there's a tremendous amount of traction right now. And that doesn't make it different. That's most areas of AI. But even when we look at the companies that we work with, so we do a good deal of lead generation with AI startups. So if you know of any company that sells into finance, into healthcare, or into manufacturing that has raised over 20 or over $50 million, there's a good chance that they've been in our inbox <laughs> because when they raise that money, the goal is to go sell and they need to find a captive audience of AI-focused executives. Obviously, that's what we do here. So we talk to these companies and we have a sense of what their sales process is because if we're going to become part of it, if we're going to generate leads, if we're going to generate awareness, if we're going to fill the pipeline for them, we have to know who handles what and what the process looks like. And as it turns out, very few of them, essentially no examples off of the top of my mind, are actively leveraging artificial intelligence in their sales process. But I know that there are companies who are, and I suspect in the two years ahead, we'll see more and more firms, cutting edge firms, who are deciding to leverage AI in the sales process. So kind of a new area, kind of an exciting area, but certainly something that is borderline inevitable. Anything that helps with feeding the pipeline is critical. And I think the, the initial applications in sales, while we're still figuring out exactly what are going to be the normal use cases of AI in an average enterprise in their sales operation in, let's say, the, the decade ahead, I think that some of the low-hanging fruit has actually been kind of coaxed out. And I think Micha does a good job of explaining and exploring what's possible today and what to be excited about in the future when it comes to artificial intelligence for sales enablement. So without further ado, you're going to be tuned into Micha with Chorus.ai. I'm Dan Fagella, and you're tuned in to AI and Industry. Without further ado, let's roll right in. So, Mika, I wanted to ask you first, in terms of the sales process in companies today, where AI can play a role? 
Obviously, there's some aspects and features that might be in development, but there's certainly elements of what you folks are doing and maybe what you see in, in the competitive landscape in the sales process where AI is already being integrated. Give us maybe a bit of a landscape of those possibilities. Excellent. So thanks, Dan. Thanks for, for the question, also for focusing on the now rather than the long-term future or the vision. So I think uh, where AI is today, it's basically starting to be able to understand conversations in real time, what the conversations are about, where their uh, inflection points, where their risk points, where their pain points in conversations, being able to surface topics, even topics that um, weren't uh, known in advance of a conversation, being able to understand who is participating in the conversation, who is engagement, who is engaging, uh, what kind of uh, ideas, topics, statements cause engagement, where people are interested, less interested in a conversation, and uh, also surface insights from not only a single conversation, but also looking at you know the grander scheme, looking at millions and millions and millions of conversations and trying to understand and glean the patterns that come up from these conversations and you know what what helps close deals more, what helps create um, shorter ramp times, what helps close deals in a shorter amount of time and so on and so forth. So you know if I'd sum it up basically, it's understanding what happens on an individual conversation, what helps close a deal more, what helps the discussion be shorter and more productive. That's on the, on the level of a single yeah. conversation. On the level of multiple conversation, it's surfacing, surfacing insights across multiple ones. Got it. So we'll, we'll talk about the first thing of kind of within an individual company, and then maybe we'll, we'll peel this back into how data can be maybe, you know, for lack of better term, aggregated, extrapolated for kind of this transfer learning idea. The, the first aspect is figuring out what are the commonalities that get deals closed? What are the commonalities that get deals to move faster? The way I imagine this in my mind, and I've seen your demo video, I'm also pretty familiar with some other folks in this space, mostly folks in the Bay Area. And from what I glean, the, the NLP facet here plays a pretty important role where we, we take a look at what was spoken about, you know, how did the introduction go? What did we talk about first? Maybe what were the topics that were brought up? You know, what, what was the exact way that maybe the, maybe the call to action was worded in some, in some way, shape or form. And we can get a sense of, okay, we've had X number of call number threes, which should be the call where we get the deal closed. We've had, you know, let's say 800 of them, the, the 200 that went through or the 120 that went through what was going on with those and what happened in the previous calls that were the commonalities and you know coaxing out from NLP what happened or what was brought up what was spoken about that seems kind of easy enough finding the threads patterns and commonalities seems like something that maybe would would kind of be where the human would step in and you can tell me if I'm wrong here where the humans would say okay here's here's all the these commonalities this is what I think this means for salespeople how does that work how do people I guess interpret the outputs here and these patterns and then kind of make better decisions um, so look I, as you know as in all things at the end of the day the interpretation is up to the human as for now right AI yeah. hasn't replaced us and there's still a, a very long a long time. I think, um, you know, I would be a little more precise in the sense that when you have a lot of data, uh, patterns can emerge that, you know, are, again, they're definite, definitely interpretable in different ways. But, you know, as an example, if you see, if you look at 3 million calls and you see that this, the conversations that or sales calls that close more have a higher amount of engaging questions, Yes, you can interpret that in different ways, but the data yeah. is actually there. The insights are actually there. Yep. Another great example would be uh, we see that sales reps that are 
hit their quota uh, consistently. They use what we call inclusive language rather than divisive language. So they use stuff like uh, we hmm. and us and together yeah, versus yeah, yeah, I yeah. and you and stuff like that. So a human can guide what you're looking for. A lot of times there is even no need to guide for. So I, I definitely think, you know, AI is definitely not at a stage where it's replacing human beings in any possible way. We're very far from that. But I think it's already in the place where it's proactively surfacing insights for humans to act on. Yeah. Yep. And it sounds like obviously that's the the kind of NLP facet here. And you were kind of hinting at the second part of this that we can touch on. I mean, I do think that safe to say probably in the in the years ahead, some kind of white collar automation work and some kind of customer service work may indeed kind of wholly be capable of, of being covered by machines. So the, the black and white on replacing humans may not be possible. But for salespeople, particularly B2B, I'm going to agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, we're not running out of B2B salespeople because machines are owning the job. This is, I think, the the enhancement augmentation that is kind of the future of, of the space. So I'm with you on that. You you had mentioned kind of coaxing out the patterns. You had said something about inclusive language. I think a lot of folks would say, oh, you know what? That makes sense. That makes sense. But they probably don't have the data to back it up. It sounds like the next layer, and, and as a vendor company, obviously you guys are considering this, the next layer is if you can handle enough sales calls, maybe even if you can handle enough sales calls in similar kinds of businesses, like let's say car dealerships, or let's say high, high ticket SaaS products, uh, or let's say I don't know, heavy industry parts, whatever the case may be. If you handle enough related sales calls, you can basically figure out more or less what does the almost perfect sales opening and sales closing look like for you know high ticket sales to these kinds of clients if you can kind of coax out those patterns. It sounds like that's that's part of the excitement of being in the vendor middle position where you guys are. Does that feed how, how does that feed its way back into the clients that might be users of what you folks do? In other words, will they get kind of insights from what you've learned across the board? Will they get insights about their sector specifically that you've learned from across the board? How does that aggregated info make its way to someone who actually doesn't have that much volume? Yeah, it's a, it's a really wonderful question. I think just to, to go back to what you said about the perfect pitch or the perfect opening, I, I think there really isn't such a thing. I mean, it varies tremendously as you implied, it varies so much on the sector, on what you're selling, to whom you're selling, yes. and also on, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the human factor, right? The, the evasive factor of just, you know, getting it and, and presenting it and being charismatic and being empathetic and stuff like that. What we can do, what, you know, what AI can do is, you know, extract the signals for stuff like that, for empathy, for the right order of stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, yes, it has to be absolutely about the, the actual presentation. But what you imply to it, I fully agree with. So, for example, one of the cool things that our AI does is surface topics or pain points that are specific for a not only a sector, but for a specific company. And of course, that can be interpolated across across the entire sector. So surfacing, we call them smart themes or th- smart topics, understanding, you know, what are the specific key drivers that are important for a given company or a given sector and seeing how those come across around in sales calls. So an example could be uh, something like in SaaS story, in SaaS companies, often the founding story is really important as an inspiration, it turns out. Interesting. So we found out, yes. So we found kind of talks to the vision and what you're doing and, you know, setting out the, you know, 
this is this is the change that the world is undergoing. Do you want to be part of it or not? And you know, we, yeah. we often call that the founding star. We found it and you know, our AI surfaced it automatically without us knowing it was there at a certain amount of companies. And we checked across various different companies to see if that that actually happens uh, in more than one company. So that those things definitely do occur. And I think what we will be seeing, we, we also absolutely see things already, you know, depending of whether salespeople use uh, demos or screen shares and stuff like yes. that. So we have some really cool insights into that. So it's not necessarily by sector, but it's by sales process, for example. And and I think, you know, you don't need 3 million conversations to come up or 4 million conversations to come up with, with um, all, insights. All, yeah. You know, all right. Always true insights. Um, Often you can see insights at a much lower scale, and I think we're doing a really good job there as well already. Yeah, and, and I think that people are certainly hoping that – I think there's a couple ways where AI is going to become accessible to smaller companies who don't, like you said, have 4 million phone calls you know, per month or something like that. There, There is the idea of this transfer learning where companies like like yours – or, or other folks that are in the vendor middle position, you aggregate so much about their sector. It's, again, it's, it's got to be sector specific. A SaaS sale is different than selling a pickup truck. But you, know, you figure out you know, insights from the sector and you transfer them. And then there's also the idea of just improving the core tech, you know, getting better at NLP so that we can, we can suss out these patterns before we have 800 instances of them. We maybe can find them a little bit sooner. The idea of the kind of founding story, it seems actually really tough to coax out from NLP. I would imagine humans would have to listen to the founding story and then put a label on it called founding story and like get machines to eventually learn what that means. Because the exact wording and the terms, like I would just have no idea how NLP would be able to pull out something like that. I mean, was the common pattern just out of curiosity? I mean, was it just like a certain block of text that we correlated to higher engagement later on, and we found out later that that block of text from from our side, from the salesperson side, often was this founding story. Or, uh, yeah. or how the heck does that get pulled out? <laughs> so um, I'm going to try and say very non-technical in that. Yeah, I appreciate. That. Yeah, so, I realize I'm, I'm to, shaking you down a technical leg here, so no, I appreciate no, you sticking with me. No, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it's a great question. In order to, you know, when you identify different topics, the way you do it is by looking at uh, specific words that appear at a, in a much more pervasive way than they usually do across language and specifically across a conversation. And if you see those, let's call them a cluster of words, it's not a specific word, it's not a specific 10 words, but they're basically a field of words that come up in a way that is at a much higher level than they should be coming up in standard English or standard conversation okay, or standard okay. area in the conversation, flag it as something interesting, right? As a, as a new topic or a potential new topic. When you see those clusters come up across different conversations, then, you know, a, a cluster is created and we, we do call it a topic or we do dub it in a new topic. You're right that the actual label is at the end of the day, a human. Yes, um, yes, you know, yes, you yes. have all of these words coming up, like, yeah, but it could be you know, if you wanted to do it automatically, you could just take the two top two or three words that come up in those those words, and you may you yeah, may come you up may with instead of founding okay. story, you may may come up with when we found it, whatever. I'm just yeah, okay, you know making got that it. Up. Understood. Right. Yep, I right. see where you're headed. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. So some of it can be coaxed out in terms of anomalies, but then sometimes the final label of that very high level concept would be a human. But as you're saying, you might be able to hear. A couple sentence permutations that come up frequently and just use that to auto label it. Right. Standardly, this is what is referred to usually as 
a supervised learning versus unsupervised yes, learning. Yes, supervised yes. learning, you know, you know what you're looking for in advance and you're tagging it. Unsupervised learning is you're letting the data speak for itself and you don't actually know, you don't have examples of what you're looking for. You don't have examples yeah. with labels. So, yeah, you know, AI, I think one of the, the biggest promises of the future is that we move from labeled learning or supervised learning where it's extremely, extremely expensive. Time consuming. Time and and money. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and almost prohibitive in many senses, right? Because you yes. can't tag 3 million or 4 million or 5 million calls to things that are unlabeled and let the data speak for itself. And yeah. I think, you know, you, you mentioned before what is there now and what is there in the future. So I think we're just at the, you know, just at the inflection point of moving towards unsupervised learning, unsupervised insights surfacing uh, proactively and uh, very exciting times. Yeah, that'll be, I mean, to be able to, you know, I, I, I went through Andrew Ng's uh Python course, and that's about as technical as I get. You know, my my job is really an analyst. <laughs> that's, so, that's so, technical. So, th well, yeah, I, I had a, I had one of my technical advisors, like a MIT postdoc, crazy you know fellow. At least gave me enough fundamentals to bumble my way through. But but I I don't do the technical side for a living. I cover the the business use cases. But you know, my guess is that we'd have something to do with you know again clustering of common patterns, and that we'd be able to find those without, like you said, shipping a series of audio files or a series of transcribed text files over to a foreign country and having people manually label different sections and, and parts of that, like you said, that, that gets prohibitively expensive. So it'll be interesting to see when and how the unsupervised makes its way in there. Last question, we can take maybe four minutes or so on this. I figure you'd have an insight that would be useful. Oftentimes, different technologies with AI, you know, some companies are ready for some of these applications, some companies are not. When you look ahead and, and you look at the sales process and, and the, the places, particularly in sort of maybe the world that you live in, the sort of sales feedback, sales call, feedback, coaching patterns, what, when you think about the industry, sectors, or companies most likely to be using this in the near term, where this is most likely going to become kind of normal. What do those what do those early adopters have in common? Is it is it a sector? Is it something about how young and digitally fluent the company is? Is it something about you know the sales volume on some level? Talk to me a little bit about um, who you think is really the most ripe adopters at this time. Like in the next two three years, who's going to be doing the most of this? Yeah, it's a great question. I think look first of all, what we've seen the early adopters, you know, starting three four years ago, were companies that uh, needed to grow extremely quickly and needed help building their sales teams and coaching and ramping up extremely quickly. So they were open to any anything that could possibly help them do it. You know, recording, transcribing, surfacing insights, cross calls creates transparency, allows people to uh, coach much better, so it saves time. So uh, high growth companies. Often, uh, highly technical companies or companies that sell something that is, you know, technical, a lot of times in the SaaS industry, forward-looking companies, companies, you know, the, the, the smaller or the, the younger the company, often they move quicker. Enterprise are obviously not only with all the SOC 2 and, and security and GDPR and stuff like that, they need to take care of all that stuff. You know, a lot of what we do is now focused on enabling stuff like that, uh, but that's Definitely a pattern hmm. that we see. I think, um, trying to think, I think, let's see, in terms of actual sectors, look, tech is, is always first to come. You know, financial insurance will come later on. You know, when I look two or three years into the future, it's really not only about a sector. I actually, when I look two, three, four years into the future, I don't see an actual meeting that you go into without having your 
sales bot or your personal coach or your personal assistant uh, or, or in-call pilot joining you, in-call co-pilot joining you and helping you guide the conversation. It's basically like, basically like you, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't start researching something now without Google. I see a future in which you walk into a conversation and you have a virtual co-pilot, well, co-pilot yeah, with yeah. you. I'm with you. Well, I, I certainly think if you're speaking to VCs, you, you better toe that line pretty hard. And, and, you know, to be honest, in a long enough time horizon, I'm definitely, you know, with you. I think to not augment and automatically learn from the thing that makes you money is actually a pretty ridiculous idea when it becomes accessible enough to do so. So I'm excited for that future. To be honest, I think that's going to be pretty darn cool. And, and, it extends to, like you said, the personal assistant and so many other extrapolations. It sounds like right now, at least you know, super near term, you're looking at companies that want to grow quickly, companies that are tech savvy and open to the new tools and maybe not as bound down by kind of the old ways and a lot of regulatory stuff that might make it a little bit stodgy. It's, it's kind of fast, fast moving companies, but it's going to open up to the other sectors as things warm up. It sounds kind of like that's the summary here. Yes, except we're already signing on enterprise companies or, or moving towards that. So there that. are some who are ready. Do they um, have know, anything in common, those bigger yeah. folks that are actually ready? I think um, a lot of times, sometimes it comes up from you know a need to either preparing for an IPO or there, there, there's a division that is very forward-looking within, within the enterprise. Okay. Um, or, yeah, so, you know, this isn't early days anymore. Three or four years ago, it was early days. This is already, it's becoming, slowly it is becoming a standard. It's just, it's still, I wouldn't say early adopters. It's, or, it's early, not super early adopters. Got um, it. Okay. So, I like the clarification. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So pe- people, you. it is becoming, yeah, you know, for, for example, three, four years ago, when we were speaking to folks that they had a problem recording calls. So that's not the case anymore at all. And now it is mostly, I think, companies that really want to hit hard and, and hit their quota. That's what we specialize in. We, you know, it's any company that's open to, to seeking new technological solutions to helping you hit quota and people that do believe in the marriage of AI and human capability and AI being able to augment the, the human magic and science be able to, being able to augment the human magic. We're seeing that. And I think it boils down more to a specific the specific sales leader, or it's not necessarily yeah, the sales, okay. right? Yep. I feel you. You said it's not necessarily yeah. sales. It can be what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. So a lot of our clients, you know, it moved a bit from sales to customer success to sales oh, enablement. Okay, yeah, and yeah, yeah. What we saw. So customer success is a huge user for us, right? Because an AE uh, ends up selling, and the and the customer success has no idea what they sold on. For example, or the product wants to hear how people, product departments wants to hear how people think about their new feature, or marketing department wants to hear. Oh, okay, about so there, what, there's some of these other use cases. Okay, cool. Right. So I think all the go-to-market functions within companies are now, you know, begging basically for the voice of the customer, and rather than listening to boring ten hours of conversations, if they can get, you know, a smell a, a dashboard, a, yeah. A small playlist curated for them a dashboard just say listen here 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 these are the 10 points that will teach you what the customer is thinking about or these are the the themes that come up that that's golden for them it creates a a smart organization that's aligned around the voice of the customer i'm feeling it yep so all right so it sounds like the takeaways to the to the question here is basically it kind of depends more on the leader if there's somebody that likes dashboards and understands that stuff i presume they also have the technical capabilities to kind of, you know, hook this stuff up, integrate it and make it work. 
you know, it, it's it's more, it's less the sector and it's more, who's the leader driving it? You know, and if they're hip to this kind of value prop, they're, they're the, whether they're in a big company or a small company, that leader is often going to be the one. So that that's it. I can put a cap on it. I appreciate the clarification. And I'm certainly got my fingers crossed that we get to see some of that unsupervised learning that you talked about, which I think will really be a pretty exciting changeover to coax out new patterns from everything in sales and support. So fingers crossed that that materializes, but otherwise that's all that we had for time. So uh, Micha, thank you so much for being able to take the time and join us here on AI and Industry. Thank you so much, Dan. Thanks for hosting. That's all for this episode on the AI and Industry Podcast, where we explore the applications and implications of AI in your business or industry. And when it comes to those benefits of real insight in terms of artificial intelligence applications in business, this show is really just the tip of the iceberg. AI and Industry is produced by Tech Emergence, and over at techemergence.com, you can find actionable industry-specific coverage, including case studies, unique market research with charts and graphs, and regular coverage of the AI applications of both the hottest startups here in the Bay Area, as well as what Fortune 500 companies are doing with AI today. Everything from marketing and advertising, business intelligence, to specific industries like finance and healthcare, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com. And when you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left-hand side of the page. Uh, Most of our podcast listeners get the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. I'm Dan Figella. This is AI and Industry, and we'll catch you next week.